morning. Happy Sabbath. The song I'm going to sing is called Every Season. And to me, is about how we see God in nature in every season. And how every season in our lives, He is there. When we are in our ups, in our downs, when we're young and getting older, He is there changing us, molding us. The biggest change is when spring is trying to come up to life after the dead of winter. And that shows me that soon and very soon from this dead world, He will give us life and life eternal. So may you be blessed by this song. Every evening sky, an invitation to trace the pattern stars. An early in July, a celebration for freedom that is ours. And I notice human children's games and those who watch them from the shade. Every drop of sun is full of fun and wonder. You are summer And even when the trees have just surrendered To the harvest time Forfeiting their leaves in late September and sending us inside and still I notice you when change begins and I am braced for colder winds I will offer thanks for what has been and was to come you are Turning all things green 
opportunity to bring people here and and have them do specific training whether it's for literacy teaching English sewing classes how to start a business um, along with Bible training it gives us a place that these things can happen and we are excited to see how God is going to use this facility And this is our training center building, the largest of the buildings on our, in our campus. And we have um, sized it to fit about 300 people. And it's made out of steel and timber. And um, we hope that this is going to be the place where many people will find a closer walk with Jesus. This is the interior of our training center building. And you can see it's not complete yet. There's a lot of finishing work to do, wallboard to put up, but God is blessing us step by step. And we're situated in a beautiful location here, overlooking the river and the floodplains. And this is centrally located so that uh, for the, the Gogolala people, they can arrive by canoe from upriver, downriver, um, and, and uh, come to the training programs. our library building. This is a place that we plan to have many books that have been donated and teach some literacy classes, use the facility to help people learn how to study the Bible using the resources that are in the library, and also English because English is important for people here to learn better so that they have more um, information and the Bible available to them. This is our first guest house that we've built. It is actually turning into a home for our new missionaries, Charles and Laura Cabral, who are short-term with us for three years. And they have already begun a Pathfinder program here, which we are really excited about because we have a lot of children and it's nice to be able to help them learn more about Jesus and how to live a Christian life. I'm inside the first guest house, which we've designed to be for the Cabrals, who will uh, be using this. Behind me is the kitchen area, unfinished of course, and with a living room and dining room combination next to that. And then in the back of the uh, house is the bedroom and bathroom. Since we live in a rural area, um, hardware stores are not 
available for us to just go down the street and purchase lumber and, and uh, tools and so on. So we have to mill our own timber and material for our buildings. And here you can see some of the lumber that we've milled with our sawmill. And we get logs floated down the river to us from uh, villages upriver. And I just have to get the word out to people that I need more logs and they work on chopping the trees for us. And they ask, well, what kind of trees do you want? And I tell them, well, I'd like some of this and some of that. It's, it's kind of nice. Um, and it's, it's a, just a different way of life here, but it takes time. The ancient culture has colorful traditions which have been passed down through many generations. Canoe racing is one of those traditions. Unfortunately, the Gogodalas still believe that spirits inhabit canoes for the race. They chant the name of the canoe god with every stroke of their paddles. Many call themselves Christians but still participate in these events. The god we serve does not want us to have any other gods before him. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Our challenge is to turn them to the Savior. Yes, it is exciting to see um, the buildings coming up and um, it's um, even more exciting to see the, the lives of people changed as they give their hearts to Jesus and are baptized and uh, they want to um, they want to give the message that uh, they want to be like missionaries too and, and spread the message to their families and, and um, that's our prayer is that this uh, training center will be like a mission training ground to uh, help them to know how to and give them tools to know how to spread the gospel um, to their neighbors and to other tribes around them and Maybe, who knows, maybe they will be missionaries to other, place, other countries as well. But right now, um, this is what God has led us to do. And we just want to say thank you for the, the special part you have played in this endeavor to reach the Gogodala people for Jesus Christ. And I want to say thank you to Battle Creek for your support for our missions. Uh, you sent 
as uh, Christmas offerings, uh, the last couple of Christmases, I think. And um, just a couple of things that we have purchased with those offerings are a cement mixer that we badly needed because we have to mix cement for our construction. Generator, we needed an extra generator because our, of our uh, short-term missionaries that were coming in. And also a good quality sound system for our training center. We were able to purchase with money that you folks have given on, at Christmas time. So thank you so much for that. And as well, especially for the prayers that you have prayed for us because uh, you know that being out in a rural setting, we don't have 911 to call in an emergency. We don't have the conveniences of modern life. You, will, you know, people look at our house and they say, well, it looks like you live in a modern house. Well, that's because we built it in uh, the way that we tried to make something that looked a little bit more like home so that uh, we could stay here a little longer. <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you for having us uh, here this Sabbath. We, we really um, value the Battle Creek Tabernacle and I'm sorry for the <laughs> that we couldn't you know, meet in a full house here with, with a lot of people. But, you know, we live in a time that is serious and we need to be thinking about getting this work finished. And God is going to come. It, whether we're ready or not, he, you know, he's trying to prepare the world. So he gives us the opportunity to be involved. Let me begin with a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for the Sabbath, the blessings that we have to gather together. In the past, we have taken this for granted, but now we're getting a, just a little taste of what persecution could feel like. Um, but um, we know that you are in control and that whatever happens, we can always trust you. We can always know that you will come through in the end. So Lord, bless this presentation and guide our thoughts and hearts heavenward in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. As we consider that, that verse written by Isaiah so many years ago, that he said, I heard the voice of the Lord. Before we become missionaries, we've got to hear God's voice speaking to our hearts. And uh, who will go for us, God asks. He could do this job with the work of angels, but he gives us as human beings the privilege of being involved with doing his work of salvation for the world. Carrying God's message usually means travel. And I say usually because nowadays we have internet and we have TV ministries. 
all great avenues for reaching people for Christ. And I praise God for these. However, we still, the, I still believe that the best method of evangelism is the personal touch, the personal visit, and the personal presence of a person who has a walk with God. As I look in Romans chapter 10, in verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Feet, they carry us places. It's a symbol of travel. God expects us to step out in faith when we go to do his work, whether it's overseas or whether it's to your next door neighbor. Thirty-five years ago, God raised up an organization to go to unreached parts of the world and bring the Advent message. That's uh, the Adventist Frontier Missions uh, organization that we belong to. Um, they, they're the feet of the gospel, I believe. They're carrying the gospel in person to the tribes and people groups that are unreached with the gospel. Fifteen years ago, Lori and I heard God's call to us to be missionaries. And when he spoke, we heard his voice, and he led us forward. That's a story in itself, which you, you have probably, many of you have heard already. But I'd like to just share some things about um, our mission as we have been working. This is now our third furlough or fourth furlough. Okay, I've lost count. We've been, <laughs> we've, time goes by so, so fast. But God is, is uh, good to us and we're still working. We're excited about what's happening. You can see where Papua New Guinea is on the map of the world. It's just north of Australia, a big island, the world's biggest island, I think. And we are working in that, where that little pushpin is, if you can see it. Um, Gogodala culture runs deep in the hearts of the Gogodala. You can see on the exterior, you know, they were um, a lot of different things, but you can't see what's in the heart. And a lot of people, that's what they wear on the outside, kind of reflects what, where their heart is, too. So, 
When you go as a missionary, there's a little bit of risk-taking. You're jumping off into the unknown. And, um, but what didn't come through on that video clip is you, Lori's voice, who, she was the one taking the video, these kids jumping into the water, and you could hear her saying, one, two, three, go! And then they would all jump together. You know, God says for us to go. And timing is important, too. Don't delay when he says to go. I'd like to share with you some lessons that we have learned um, for, from doing the missions. Now, you have to forgive me because my background is not... Uh, I, I'm not trained as a pastor. I'm, I've not gone to uh, theology school. My training is in the building industry, the field of architecture. And so we're going to learn some lessons from the building industry this morning, but they're spiritual lessons. Mission work at times seems risky. Um, you have to learn new things, learn new skills, go out of your comfort zone. We had been out working with the Gogodala people for 10 years before God finally spoke to us about doing a training center. And Gradually, this training center has been coming forward since that point. You can see a picture of the, the top picture. You, the river is in the foreground. That's the Aramea River. In the background is the, our, our training center property. And beyond that is the village of Kiowa. Kiowa is a village of 1,300 people. And other villages are around there, so we, we have quite a large number of people to minister to. Balimol is just downriver. We have Kutali um, right next door. So God, Jesus tells us we need to go and make disciples. We need to teach and train and you'll see how these, these guys have, this group of young men have helped us build this training center. We're starting, to, you have to start with the groundbreaking. Making disciples. Sometimes we need equipment and when we level the ground for this training center, we used a tractor. Last time we were with you, our last furlough that we were with you, we didn't have a tractor. And I want to say thank you to, there's some of the, your church members actually donated so that we could help, uh, they would, we would be able to get a tractor. So I want to say thank you. That tractor literally saved us months of work. 
So, yeah. God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. We didn't feel like we were missionary material before we went. So take heart. If, if, you, if you think that you want to do missions but you can't, or maybe you know somebody who would like to do missions but they feel like they can't, you can encourage them. With God, all things are possible. We must start, when we build a mission, do our mission, we must go deep to build a strong foundation. You can see we're putting in, uh, these are the footings for the training center. We have the ship that comes every so often right up to our backyard and able to bring supplies from the city, building supplies. But without the help of these young men and other people, young women also come, and kids also come to help unload the ship. It takes help to do the work of the gospel. Sometimes we get skilled help. Brandon and Brundy are two men that came from the US last year. They're skilled builders and they helped us with the framing of the roof of the training center and with some other things. So God sent us new missionaries as well. This is a picture of Charles and Laura Cabral. They are from Brazil, and they came last October. They're going to be with us for three years. And as Lori had mentioned in the video, that the Cabrals had come to, their primary focus is to start Pathfinders, a Pathfinder program. So, when you go deep and starting from the ground up, that means starting with the kids, teaching them the gospel message, teaching them how to live Christianity in a practical way. Now, we have a new missionary family that is coming soon. They are in training at AFM right now, down in Berrien Springs, Jason and Midori Slager. Some of you know these people, because Jason was a, a pastor here in Michigan for seven years. So we feel really honored to have Jason and Midori there. And we didn't, it came as a total surprise to us when we heard that they had accepted a call to our project. When you do a mission, it also requires a willingness to try new things. Our friends here, Daryl and Cheryl Hosford, they live in Berrien Springs. They're going to be soon to be relatives of ours because their son is marrying our daughter. <laughs> but they actually came to our project um, to help us this year, just before COVID. And 
The timing was perfect, I think. And I'm thankful that they did come to help us. They managed just barely to get back home before everything closed down. Cheryl helped run the tractor. She, they have a Kubota tractor at their house, so she, she was very good at grading the ground. And Lori got inspired by that, and she picked up the work after Cheryl left. <laughs> Resources are important for missions as well, as you can imagine. But um, here we need resources to build a training center. We bring in our gravel from, uh, there's no gravel anywhere nearby, so we have to bring it by ship from Port Moresby. And also there are logs that they, we do get locally, as, as you saw in the video. We cut them up in the sawmill and the steel for the training center was just offloaded. But in a mission sense, our resources are our people, especially the young people. God is going to raise up an army of youth to finish this work, Amen. and we need to encourage them. And that's part of why I really like doing these presentations, and I try to encourage, uh, if there's any youth here, to really seriously think, what can I do for God? You know, when you go, some of you that are in academy, you're thinking about what am I going to do with my life? What career am I going to have? You know, it's okay. You can choose to be a doctor. You can choose to be a lawyer. You can choose even to be an architect. But God will use you in marvelous ways. And so uh, if you commit your ways to him, I... I was not trained uh, in theology, but you know I learned along the way, and God helped me through that. And and uh, just want to say something about the work that Charles and Laura are doing out there. And Steve's speaking about not being trained as a theologian. Charles is a lawyer, and yet he has a passion for the young people and. In Pathfinders, and it was through Pathfinders, Laura came into the church and she got married to Charles. So mm -hmm. it's been fun to watch them raise up the, the clubs out there. It's not so much that they're doing the Pathfinder work themselves, but they've been training the leaders. And as they have worked together with the young people that are leading out the, the children, we've are seeing what great opportunities we have here to help the children learn lessons of obedience and learning to listen, um, self-discipline, because many of those things do not exist in that culture. Children are left to just run and do whatever they want. Um, if they don't get what they want, they cry, throw a tantrum, and it's given to them. So Pathfinders, as many of you know, is discipline. And so we're, we're really excited about this opportunity to do some basically um, parental training also because the, the leaders are learning how to be better parents through their leadership in Pathfinders. That's right. So we start from the ground up with the kids, youth, but God is going to build an army of youth 
to finish his work. He also asks us, when we go to the mission field, we reach new heights with our, he stretches us. And you can see our building coming up, the posts there. It gets exciting when it gets to this point to see how things come together. Fear not, for I am with thee, God says to us. Those promises in God's word really become meaningful to you when you step out in faith and go somewhere where there's seems to be risk, but we realize living in this world is a risk. It's, that's all there is to it. I will strengthen thee. That's another same verse, another promise that God puts in there. He is our strength. God is my refuge and strength. Paul, writing about the church, likens it to a building fitly framed together, grows unto a holy temple in the Lord. This is our maintenance building in the foreground, and I just wanted to make uh, a lesson out of this. It's there are challenges with maintaining a church. You know, you, members come in and sometimes members leave and we have to deal with that out there at times too. Incorporate local methods. I put this picture in there. You can see our scaffolding on the building is made out of bamboo. And I didn't build it myself. It's the local guys that put up that scaffold. They know how to lash the scaffolding and so that it's strong. I make sure I have the right person do it because if you get the wrong person, yeah, you can, <laughs> who doesn't know what they're doing, it's quite dangerous. But It's important to listen. <laughs> It's important to listen to the local people because they know best how to maneuver their environment. And um, I remember learning that several years ago when we were living in the neighboring village of Kotali and I was asked early in the morning to come help with the delivery of a baby, which ended up being twins, and not sure what to do because I was seeing that the mother was suffering and losing blood and she needed to get to the hospital. But God worked everything out through the local people to come up with a strategy for getting her to our dinghy on the other side of the village. After that lesson, after that happened, I realized I can't just depend on myself and my knowledge. I need to turn to the local people because they know best how to maneuver their environment. And we also, doing ministry, need to look to the local people and their needs and their understanding of their culture. Mission is fun. It's not, it's not always fun, but there are really fun times. You can have fun. Our boys are enjoying themselves. Even the young ladies get involved and carrying things. 
work efficiently. Think of ways to, to work better as a church, work together, strategize. As lay people, we can do that too. Work with your pastor and in the mission field, these people are also, we think of the local people as not very smart. They are very smart. They're just smart in different ways than what, what we are. They haven't had the same schooling that we have had, but they've had a school of hard knocks and a school of living in the bush. But these boys love to, to help us. They know how to assemble the metal buildings now. Another lesson to learn is make the front door of your... It, it, I'm using this um, in a symbolic way. A front door entrance needs to be welcoming. And I appreciate the welcome crew that you have at your door when people come in. And so we're making an entrance to our training center. Make it look welcoming. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so great that you will not have room to receive it. That's a promise that God has given us if we are faithful in our tithes and offerings, as was mentioned here from the pulpit earlier. We need to t take God at his word. You can bank on his word. And so you can't outgive God. I've heard many stories and, and it even had experiences myself where when I have given sacrificially that the blessings come back even more than what I had anticipated. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. Our training center is lit up. You can see it at night. Um, this, I'm putting this picture in here to show how we had an electrician and we had two men come from South Africa, actually. One was an electrician, the other a pastor. They came to help us. They're very good at what they do. And they helped install the lights and the, and the wiring. But you know what? There are no power lines anywhere near our building. This is all solar power, powered from solar panels and batteries. You know, these young men that were helping us build, we gave them certificates of appreciation for their work. And it's good to show your appreciation as people do show their generosity and help. As, as missionaries, we find ourselves thanking people a lot because we do have so many people supporting us and helping us. And it's just wonderful thing. It's so hard to, I, I remember one of the time the, the, a guy in AFM office told me, 
when I was trying to write a letter to somebody, I said, well, I said, thank you at the bottom. I said, should I say, I was thinking about putting thank you at the beginning. And he said, you can't thank people enough. Okay, that's true. You cannot thank people enough. Lift up your eyes and look on the hills, on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. There's a great harvest out there. Jesus said, we need to lift up our eyes. We need to look around and see who's, who's there. Look for opportunities. And the baptism, we have had uh, many people baptized I don't know what the total is, but over different times. This was a more recent baptism. An area pastor came and conducted baptisms for us. This uh, young man, actually middle-aged man, is named, it looks like Aid, his name, but it's actually pronounced Ade. And Lori's going to tell you a little story about Ade in closing. We have many stories we could tell, but we just wanted to share this one story of Ade. Years ago, we were meeting under our house before our house was complete, framed in underneath. Um, we were having Bible classes. Steve wrote some Bible lessons, teaching in subtle ways our Adventist doctrines through Bible stories. And we would meet together once a week with about 15, 20 people, maybe a little more sometimes. And each week I'd hand out a lesson for that day. And there was one young man coming whose name was Albert. And Albert was, is a little bit mentally not there. He was um, injured when he was a teenager or 20-year-old, something like that by an arrow that accidentally got shot into his eye. And the arrow is made out of a, a special kind of grass there that they sharpen the point. So it affected him mentally. His eye died. Um, he cannot speak that much anymore. So I looked at Albert as I'm handing the lesson, and I thought, what is Albert doing with these the boys are helping him fill them out, but is he really understanding? Well, several weeks ago after that, this man came to our class for the first time. It was Ade. And he said um, he had a, a little bag on his shoulder, and he said, I have all the lessons here. They are like gold. I said, where did you get the lessons? He said, Albert. Albert has been giving me his lessons. Don't un underestimate the ability of anyone to do God's work. Ade, he treasured those lessons and the things he was learning. But when he would try to come to class or come to church, many times his wife would get in her canoe and block the way because he would have to get in his canoe and come on the creek around to our house on the river and she would block the way. She didn't want him to come. But he was persistent. And a couple of years ago, Ade was baptized. But recently, we've learned more about Ade. Ade's brother 
is the village snake doctor. Now, you could think of him as a witch doctor. He has the power to cast a spell for a snake to bite somebody. So, they, so he claims he has that spiritual power. He has the spiritual power to be able to heal somebody who has been bit by a snake. So if people in the village get bit by a snake, they are told to immediately go to the snake doctor, don't tell anybody that you've been bit, and go to the snake doctor, and he will help you. So that was Ade's brother. Ade also said that his mother had magic powers to be able to heal sores, boils, other wounds. She would say magic words. Ade has realized that those things are not of God. And he has told his family, I don't want any part of that. I want to call on God when I have a need. And recently, his little baby was crying in the night, crying so loud that his brother in the neighboring house came running over and he said, take that baby to Balimo Hospital. It's crying too much. He needs to go to the hospital. And Adi would just, he was just there quietly praying, Lord, please heal my baby. Well, the brother kept getting more insistent, and he um, came up the, the steps and was trying to get into the house. And Adi was still praying, and he went to the door and opened it up. And right then, he looked at the baby and made a little smile to the baby, and the baby quit crying and the baby started smiling back. And the brother is like, what? What happened? I just saw a miracle here. That baby's not crying anymore. It's no longer sick. And Ade had been trying to t see if the baby was sick, if it had a fever, did not know why the baby was crying. So he felt like God was hearing his prayers. Another thing that Ade has a history of, and we saw him, um, when he had some strange behaviors, it was around the full moon. Adi's mind, it seemed, would go off when there was a full moon. He would run through the village at night naked. And also, he just kind of had a weird presence about him. But when he gave his heart to, to the Lord, he quit doing that. He knows he was in the, his right mind when he did that. He knew what he was doing, but he was obsessed with the devil. When you have all these spiritual powers around you in your family, how do you overcome that? But Adi is learning to call on God, to trust him, and he's realizing that the ways of his culture are not the ways that he wants to go. Thank you for your prayers for this project and these people. There are many people like Ade trapped in the powers and the snares of the devil, and they need to be freed. We need people to go into the world and preach the gospel. The Gogodala aren't the only ones out there that have not heard the message of Jesus soon coming and his salvation and how much he loves them. There are millions of people unreached all over the world. Go, as you see in this video, go into the world. If you are a young person, consider giving your life to go. If you are middle-aged, you can still go. There are calls. AFM actually has calls 
for young people through seniors, 65 years old. If you're still healthy, there's a platinum group. You can go and serve for two or three years at a project and help. We also need help with funding financially. We have finances that we have to raise in order to go back to the mission field. We have training center needs yet. We have needs for a vehicle in Port Moresby. So if you'd like to help us, please consider going to the AFM website, afmonline.org. There's a place where you can see Erickson um, under Career Missionaries, and you can donate online, or you can send in a donation to the office at PO Box 286, Bering Springs, Michigan. We also have a mission page on Facebook, Erickson Mission Papua New Guinea, that we try to post um, updates. I'm not into social media like the, the young people, but we do try to keep up here and there with it. So please um, pray about this, and we, just can, we are thankful for your prayers and your support that you have given us already. Thank you for your attention this morning. And as we sing this closing song, I pray that God will speak through this song to your heart as we consider what we can do, each one. It doesn't seem quite right that they are supposed to lead the closing song when we have people like this on the stage that have actually heard the call and actually have done what the Lord's asked them. So would you please come lead the last song for us? And we'd really appreciate it. And we just so appreciate what you did. I will be glad to stay in the background, but uh, we really appreciate This is an amazing ministry, and we just... Thank you, it's, buddy. It's, it's awesome that you heard God's call and are doing what you're doing. So.
Lord, that we have just sung, that we go where you want us to go and to be what you want us to be. We are your children, bought with the blood of Jesus. And, and we are eternally grateful to you for what you have done. Please bless us now as we close this service, but may we never uh, leave your presence. And thank you again for speaking to our hearts this morning. Be patient with us, but please speak clearly to each one. In Jesus' name, amen.